The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get. And we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Hey there, I'm Lisa Campion, and this is the Miracle of Healing. So glad you're joining us today. If you're new to the show, we're just going to want to give you such a warm welcome. We're so glad you're here. And if you've been following along for a while, we're so glad you're back. This is an incredible conversation I know you're not going to want to miss. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button. You like the show, subscribe, leave some comments. I really want to hear from you. So we have a really important question to talk about today. Can we find our hearts and hope in this new age of Aquarius? We have a mistaken author, Phoenix Rose. We're going to discuss her book, Hope and Heart, and what it might be like if we can actually hold on to hope and keep our hearts open during this shift into the age of Aquarius. We're going to talk about what does that mean, the age of Aquarius, and maybe how we can, as an individual and as united human race on the planet, come together to, to face this new world, this new age with our hearts open and, and full of hope. So welcome uh, so much to the show, Phoenix. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Lisa. Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, depending upon where you are. Um, Yes, it's just a great joy to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity to to speak and share my thoughts. So tell us a little bit, Phoenix, about what what started you on your spiritual path. It seems like you've been a longtime spiritual seeker. Yes, indeed. I think I've always been an inquisitive person. I mean, we all have curiosity, and I think mine was on on steroids <laughs> much of my life. But um, I found this um, this organization through in-laws at the time, and it was it's called the Rosicrucian Order. It's it's Rosicrucian Order Amorc, which stands for Ancient Mystical Order Rosi Crucis, and um, that was how I got involved in answering all the questions that I had as a young person. Um, We all want to know why we're here, what's going on in the world, what what is life about? And um, this is a system that um, enables one to study through um, their online program. It's a non-dogmatic, philosophical, and intellectual 
um, organization where we look at the mysteries of the world. And it actually began historically back in ancient Egypt um, with the mystery schools where people were trying to understand those very questions, which we are trying to answer ourselves all these millennia later. But it's uh, it also became actually historically recorded back in the uh, in the 17th century when um, in Europe where you know the printing press was available so it was much more easy to disseminate information and uh, people like Francis Bacon were involved in it he was the imperator in England uh, at that time it's just been added to over the centuries by one person after another. Great minds have added to the information that is included in the teachings. So that's when I started with my spiritual studies. Wow, that's quite remarkable. And that you started when you were young. I mean, it's a fairly, um, I've known about them forever, and I've always been curious about, I've never studied with them, but they've been on my radar for a long time. Um, and I think it's it's very cool that you um, did dipped into that, especially as a young person. Well, it's been an opportunity to be of service and to learn the natural and spiritual laws of the universe and how to apply them in a practical mm-hmm. fashion. Because I think mm-hmm. a lot of what's out there in in the world is um, not as focused on how to apply it to ourselves. So. Uh, right. We learn things like how to stu- how to develop our intuition, which um, <laughs> there's. I think I may have heard it on one of your programs, but originally um, I heard it on IONS, the Institute of Noetic Science, founded by Edgar Mitchell, the astronaut. Uh, yep. That anyhow, the the expression is intuition is the GPS of the soul. And that's one of my, I love that expression that, you know, we use GPS to get around in the material world, but intuition takes us to our inner world, our higher self. So that's such a beautiful quote. So let, let's talk a little bit about, about your book and also about the age of Aquarius. It's such kind of a hot topic right now. And um, we all kind of know we're leaving the age of Pisces, we're entering the age of Aquarius, but what is it really like? What does that mean? And what does that mean for us as humans that, that that's happening? Right. Um, great question. The age of Aquarius. Well, first of all, there's something in astronomy called the precession of the equinoxes. And we know the zodiac has 12 signs in it. And we've been in the, the Piscean section. And each each era lasts for over 2,100 years. And now we're moving um, into the Aquarian age. It it goes the reverse direction of the zodiac. Um, So there's no set time for when this happens. Um, You may recall in the 60s, um, the... um, The song. That song. You know, mm-hmm. this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. You know, they didn't get their astro- astrology all that correct, but that doesn't really <laughs> matter. Um, and no one knows exactly when. It's a, it's a slow process. It's a birthing, and it can be painful um, to move from one era to another. Um, there are challenges that come up, and the sign of Aquarius 
is associated with humanitarian and love and brotherhood and spiritual knowledge, but it's also associated with um, technology and vast uh, growth and improvement in that area. And we're seeing that already with AI, which, you know, there's negative and positive to everything. So we have to, we have to be careful what we take on. Um, but the, the Aquarian age um, is going to bring a lot of changes, and some of them can be disruptive because the, the planet Uranus is associated with um, the, the sign of Aquarius. And mm-hmm. sudden and change, disruption, surprise. Right. right. The unknown things that, you know, challenges, there's great change that's taking place and it can be a struggle. I mean, there can be some many difficult times and we're seeing that already in the world. Mm, absolutely. And I don't know if this is right. I'm not an astrologer, really. I sort of know enough to kind of follow along, you know, with people who really know what they're talking about. But, um, you know, I I feel like the age of Pisces was kind of this age of polarity, right? The Piscean is like the, the poles. And we were really like, um, we've spent a lot of time in the past 21,000 years exploring this polarity and that the age of Aquarius is a little maybe more about the age of unity, like letting go of some of those polarizations we have and coming more into a state of unity. That's, that's, that's my wondering. What do you think? I think there's, there's totally different energy because the Piscean area was, era was a water sign. Um, whereas this is Aquarius is an air sign. Many people think it's pouring water, but it's actually pouring knowledge and information on the planet. And for us to understand and interpret what that means, um, we've already touched on the fact that it, it, it includes um, the technology and, and that kind of change. What do you think some of the challenges might be? Like, I mean, uh, we, can we pair this with kind of, you know, what they call the ascension, this sort of increase in human consciousness that's happening right now, which is a good thing. But well, I don't know. What do you think? Do you have some like predictions about what the challenges might be that we're facing? So I don't use astrology for prediction. I use it for a study person. I'm not a professional astrologer. I've studied with I studied with Arlene Kramer, who was at one time the president of the American Federation of Astrologers mm-hmm. back in the 70s. Uh-huh. And I also studied with uh, May R. Wilson Ludlam of uh, New Jersey, um, another professional. Um, but I use it for personal growth, and I follow the cycles. I like to, to listen to the cycles. And we know, for example, that Shakespeare said in his play, um, Julius Caesar, there is a tide in the affairs of men, which taken at the flood results in fortune, something like that, paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'd rather work with what, what the cycles are and, um, and how they influence me and, and I, as I say, I do it for a study in personality and psychology rather than mm. prediction. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And this sort of came together um, in your book. So let's talk a little bit about your book. It's called 
hope and heart, a quantum leap into the Aquarian age. It's a beautiful book, lots of poetry, prose, lots of deep sort of deep thoughts. Tell us a little bit about why, um, why you wrote it and uh, what it means to you. Okay, so I wanted to bring some inspiration and self-confidence to people because we've all been through so much with these last few years with COVID and inflation and whatever's going on in the world and, you know, in the the, the divisiveness that's um, so rampant in, for example, in America in particular, but other countries as well. So um, I wanted to inspire people to trust in their intuition, to look within, to think positive thoughts. Um, But I want most of all for people to know that the answers are within themselves. And if you look at, if you think about Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, everybody there had the answers that they needed. She had her slippers that she could, her ruby slippers that she could click together to go home. The the scarecrow really had a brain. He was the brains of the whole, of the threesome there. The tin man had a heart. He he was so emotive and and supportive. And uh, who's the elder lion? He had courage. They were all within themselves. And, and. It's all within each of us to explore our inner self and find our answers there. And one way we can do that is, of course, through meditation. And another way is through developing intuition, which is one of the things I learned about in the Rosicrucian Order. And there's a couple quick little um, examples or exercises. Given that we're dual personality, that we're dual entities as humans. We have a physical self and we have an inner mental self. And um, they both sides of these, these aspects of us, ourselves, need to be exercised. We do pretty well with giving ourselves food and exercise in the material realm, but maybe we need a little bit of work on our inner self. So one of the things that we can do is to develop our intuition. There's a couple ways to do that. Instead of looking at your device to see who's calling or looking if you happen to get mail in the mail anymore, if you get a letter, don't look at who it's who either of these things are from. Pause a moment and wait and ask your inner self, who sent this letter or who is calling me on the phone or who's knocking at the door? And if you practice this over and over and over again, at first you're going to be not so good at it, but this will help develop your inner self to respond to the questions that you're asking of it, of your angel or your master within, your your guardian, whatever you look at as your subconscious mind or inner self. Mm, that's so cool. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, 
a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield, May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. I feel like a lot of times for me, tapping into my intuition is really just a matter of paying attention, right? Paying attention to sort of the subtle things that are happening around us, the signs and omens, the dreams we're having, the things that maybe our our logical mind dismisses is unimportant. But when we start understanding that those are the signposts along the way, we can tap into that GPS of the soul, which I think that's such a beautiful saying. So my book is divided into two sections. It's it's an anthology of poetry and prose. And the poetry has, uh, I separated into six themes, such as nature, innocence, going within, aspiration, love, joy. I think I covered five at least or six. <laughs> um so they are, you know, I, there's a great focus on nature because we are actually, nature isn't out there someplace. We are part of nature and nature loves us. The, the universe loves us. I think it was constructed in such a manner as to support us and want our success. And I think that the source, whatever source is, learns about itself through our activities so mm-hmm. the more positive things that we do and put out, what we know, it goes around and comes around back to us, what we put out, what we think. So be most mindful, if you can, of what you think and what you, what you believe. Be willing to change your beliefs. If, if there's new knowledge that comes along, look at the Copernican revolution, you know, centuries ago that you know, for years, people thought the earth was the center of everything. And finally, they learned through ast- astronomy that, no, the sun is at the center of our solar system. People burned at the stake because, yeah. <laughs> you know, hope, it was such a radical thought. kind of thing isn't going to happen now. We're in the Aquarian age now, and we need to think of all the positive things that we can be and do. Because we all have creativity, and it's lying right beneath our inner self, and we need to access that and uh, bring forth our positive assistance to the universe, even in small ways. I love that. I think there's so much power in what you just said there, that creativity is a really great access point to connect us with our soul, you know, that our soul has like such direct connection with us through our creative pursuits and that as we're standing at the gate of this new era this new age to hold that positivity strong maybe do you think will influence how that unfolds for us as humans right if we're more of us are in the human and that positive side of things does that impact how this unfolds well the law of cause and effect is um the law of karma or the law of compensation. So um, mm. we need to be careful what we're thinking because it's all going to come back to us. So we it behooves us to think as, me, as much 
positive thoughts, as many positive thoughts as we can. I was going to continue with my book in the sense that I mentioned the poetry, and there's a prose section also. And the signature centerpiece of that for me is the the article that I present uh, entitled Quantum Hope, A Paradigm Shift in Consciousness. And this is exploring how quantum physics is attempting to prove that immaterial consciousness, not matter, is the ground of all being. And this was put forth by theoretical quantum physics physicists such as Dr. Amit Goswami, who had mm-hmm. wor- had worked at the um, uh, the University of Oregon and then retired and was writing books. And I guess the Dalai Lama had asked him, okay, so if you've proved that that it's not matter that's the ground of all being, that it's consciousness. What what can you do for the social aspects of, of the world? How can you apply that to uh, our social being so that we can improve life for for people? So he he's written numerous books, 15 at least, and I've read about six of them. And um, he was he was kind enough to write a um a blurb for my um for my review and if i could have permission to read that um i'd love to share it with your readers he says as the author has asked and answered the question in the affirmative will science and god ever be united under a common paradigm in the same vein i have been asking the question Will poetry and science ever be united in the same brain and heart? Now I know that my question has also been answered in the affirmative in this book. Congratulations to the author for this wonderful book. Readers, if you want to be inspired, this book is it. So Amit Goswami is the author of The Self-Aware Universe, The Quantum Brain, and The the Quantum Integrative Medicine. And the last two he wrote with Valentina R. Onasor, MD. He's amazing. He's been on my show a couple of times. And um, one time I sat next to him at a um, at a banquet and at an IONS conference. So I've had some really, um, really cool conversations with him. He's amazing. He is amazing. Uh, yeah. So he started something um, uh, called Quantum Activism. You may have seen a, a, a Netflix program that he did back in around 2010 or 13, something somewhere in there. And, um, you know, he wants everybody to start. It's a threefold process to be a quantum activist, that you start with yourself and centering yourself. We all need to love each ourselves and be kind, forgiving of ourselves and of others. So we start with ourselves, and then the second step is to helpfully, hopefully transform society. No small chore, chore, of course. And thirdly, to transform the world and the social structures and, and the social institute and the institutions that are in the world. So it's a daunting kind of process, but um, the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time, as I told my children over the years. 
And how do you think we do that? Is it is it about what we already talked about, meditating, being cre- being creative, close being close to nature, thinking more positive thoughts? Is that is that the path to becoming a quantum activist, or is there more to it? I think that the people that are watching your show and others like it and read books like mine and others like them are already quantum activists. They're already sending out positive thoughts. They're already doing the right kind of thinking. And and so by starting with ourselves and gosh knows there are so many people around the world who are trying to help the planet, which is in dire need of of protection and we've ignored and taken advantage and just assumed that things would never run out and and we've just we're making a mess of it (laughs) oh so important i'm wondering if we could end this on would you be willing to read one of your poems for us i'd be delighted so um well first i have one short poem um, I, may, I might try and squeeze in two if we have time. Sure. Yes. This is a it. word poem. It, it's and a word poem takes the title, and they take the the letter of each each letter in the poem's title becomes the new line of the poem. So this poem is called Peace. So peace begins with centering the self. Earth roots humanity to the same strivings. Air is the breath of God we share. Charity for one another can begin with a smile. Egos subdued, our higher selves prevail. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I love it. So, so then here's another, well, there's, I don't know. This is called Like a Child. Ever notice how a child can sit for hours on end, just watching ants in ordered drill march to and fro again? Or how, when only very small, perhaps just one or two, bright wrappings, ribbons, and fancy bows are better than toys all new? A dandelion, when brushed or blown, by chance or with intent, can bring a smile or clapping hands watching dancing seeds descent. Youngsters puzzle that Luna, so full, slowly shrinks to a sea pointing right. But when she grows, the sea points left, yet sometimes she's clean out of sight. Kids acknowledge wonderment everywhere, so this is the meaning of awe. In a blossom, the moon, for each head's every hair, divine love is ever the law. If we regain a childlike trust and thrill in each simple thing, shedding our often cynical eye, then our true inner being will sing. I love that. That's uh, poetry for the soul. Poetry feeds the soul anyway. But that's so, so lovely. Thank you. Now, Phoenix, if people wanted to get in touch with you, find your book, how, how would they do that? 
So my website is www.phoenixrose.ca. And my book is available there and also through online websites like Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kindle, Kobo, Indigo, Chapters, and also at my publisher, balboapress.com. And also all the proceeds from the sale of, it's a book, is both an e-book and um, a soft cover. And it has my own my own art in it, and all the proceeds um, from the sale of the book go to humanitarian organizations, food banks, environmental issues, animal shelters. I want to pay it forward. That's so lovely. What a what a beautiful sentiment, and um, so much a part of who you are as a human and as a mystic. So thank you for that. That's beautiful. And thanks for being on the show today. It was lovely to speak with you. It has been my delight and honor. Thank you so much. And thanks all of you for tuning in. We're so glad that you listened to this conversation. So important, so timely, so inspiring. Um, Don't forget to subscribe. We really want to keep you in the loop and keep you getting more of this amazing conversations we have here. If you want to find me, you can find me at my website, lisacampion.com. My specialty is in helping emerging healers, psychics, sensitives, and empaths really discover their gifts and and, um, work on their gifts because... I mean, I'm, my mission in life is to create an army of healers out there to go out there and save the planet, which needs to happen. And now more than ever. But thank you for tuning in today here on the Miracle of Healing, where we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on mindbodyspirit.fm. I'm Laura Worcester, host of the Intuitive Life Podcast. As an intuitive medium and teacher working with the world of spirit, I love to share the peace that comes with the awareness that our departed loved ones are still with us. And I also love to help people explore what it means to live an intuitively led life. Start listening now on mindbodyspirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.